things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Yo, grace and peace, guys. Welcome to another edition of All Things Theology. I'm your host, K-Dub, and I am excited for today's exchange. It's not often that you have people from different perspectives coming together in a humble and in a gracious, cordial manner. But today we have exactly that. Uh, and this is a YouTube commenter. He, he, you know, he expressed disagreement with me and I asked him, hey, would he be willing to, to, to have further dialogue? So in the rare occasion of Christian love and grace, this is what we're doing right now. So I'll allow him to to jump on and introduce himself. What's going on, man? How you doing, Chris? Doing good, man. So yeah, man, why don't you introduce yourself for the people? Okay, uh, guys, I'm letting y'all know this uh, this like YouTube thing, like online thing, like this is new to me. <laughs> like this is new. Like I'm on YouTube all the damn time, but but I don't. <laughs> Like here in camera, like this is, this is like, this is like a, a foreign, a foreign country to me. <laughs> yeah. So, so excuse, excuse me if I get like nervous or, or whatever, but, but I'm glad to be here. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Hey, right now it's me and you, man. That's it. The other people don't even matter right now, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, man, uh, Giovanni, it's, that's correct, right? Giovanni. Um, you can call you can call me Zeus. All right, Zeus. <laughs> All right, how about Z? How about Z? Okay, All right. I, it's just that's what I that's what they call me at work. Okay, but All right, my man, he uh he agreed to have a conversation with me and like I said, here we are. Uh Z is a Roman Catholic and so uh um Z says he used to be a right where I was. He used to be a Protestant, sola scriptura, all the believing, you know, um, the doctrines that I would hold to now, uh, he said he held to. And so why don't you tell the people what convinced you to go from me to Z? <laughs> okay. Basically, basically, uh, there was just certain things that I would learn from Bible class from my Church of Christ preacher that, uh, that just didn't add up. Just, they just didn't add up and and quite frankly, uh, have have you have you ever heard of uh, like legalism? Yes, I have. Yeah, Church of Christ, Church of Christ folks are very legalistic. Yes, they are. <laughs> like, like they're very, very legalistic. Yes. And it, tell me, how are you supposed to win people to Christ when you present Christ as a legalistic? Right. How? And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, that just didn't add up to me. It, they would, they would lay it out as a plan of salvation, like hear, believe, repent, confess, and, uh, be baptized. Do you see the problem with that? What do you, what do you see the problem as? Basically, 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 at least to me, I, I see it as a, I see it as a, I, I, you're not really preaching the kingdom. You're preaching, you're preaching, uh, you're preaching, uh, uh what the? So, Z yeah, Z. Okay. So, so what? What convinced you uh, specifically, like, um, that you know your Protestant position, you being in Church of Christ, yeah. was wrong, and then the claims of Roman Catholicism are true? Like, okay, hey, I, I need to be a Roman Catholic now. You know what I mean? Okay, it was it was a bit of a process. It was a bit of a process, but uh, but uh, but uh, there was a there was a verse. There was okay. Um, what's it called? Where do you? Uh, what's it called? I don't know where. I don't know where you uh, learned uh, your biblical exegesis, Chris. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
my my preacher, uh, what's it called? I would take some of the claims of the Catholic Church to him, and and I would say, okay, Matthew sixteen and eighteen, like what do, what does this mean here? And 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 he would and he would give the the popular the popular position of uh, Petros, Petros, little pebble, exegesis, but uh, but uh, what's it called? And and that 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 was a verse for uh, you know the keys to the kingdom that he gave Saint Peter, and that's and that's been a line that's been a line of successors from Saint Peter all the way up to Pope Francis through early church history all the way. Up, but that's this this is not the one thing. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, believe it or not, the Pope is actually the biggest. The Pope was actually like the biggest thing that. That was the biggest hurdle for me. I, that was I bet. <laughs> the, the Pope is like the one thing that I just, I was not willing to accept. I was like, what? Like, no matter how many times I would read that verse or or, or just see it, particularly just that verse, I, I would just be like, like, why? Like, how does a Pope make sense? But but uh, as, I, as I saw through history, I was like, okay, uh, they, they didn't have the Bible at the time. They, they just had what was... What what they uh, what, what they were hearing from from the apostles through oral tradition, and uh, and uh, and and they would and they would uh, it was like it was through this way that they converted the Roman Empire. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you remember on Daniel seven, where uh, where he where on on that prophecy he's saying. Uh, He's saying uh, he's saying uh, the fifth kingdom, which is a different kingdom of the four beasts out of the sea, the Persian, the Persian Empire, the Median Empire, the Greek Empire, and uh, and the Roman Empire. The, this fifth kingdom is the is the the, the kingdom that that has no end to it, and uh, and uh, and the, it'll it'll go to the Son of Man and his saints. Right. I'll take you. Well, I'll hold on. You that. Well, hold on, because uh, I I want to talk like so. Let's talk. You just brought up something I would really be interested in, like talking about, because I think it is a huge distinction between Protestants and Roman Catholics, and that's that is the issue okay. of the Pope, which you said that was the biggest hurdle for you, right? So, yes. What convinced you uh, that th this position, this role of a Pope, is? Uh, Biblical or or maybe you and I wouldn't want to use that language, but true. How would you how would you answer that to a Protestant? Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So like to... yeah yeah. So what what were maybe some things that convinced you and like you would say hey should should convince me as well a Bible believing okay. Protestant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. If I were to describe it in any way, I would I would describe it as a as, as kind of a symbol of union, of unity in the body of Christ. Not the only, not the only, uh, not the only thing that 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 unifies the body of Christ, but but uh, because think about it, uh, as Protestants, what was the one thing that unifies us despite our agreements and sacraments and things like that the trinity right no what is it uh the trinity the gospel uh the deity of christ the scripture as a, you know there's many things that unifies protestants i mean so I, yeah. I, i'm reformed baptist and i you know so i'm not a presbyterian so i would have disagreements with presbyterians but many presbyterians that i uh fellowship with we have numerous agreements, despite our our disagreement, like on baptism or church government. You know what I mean. So, I would say there's many things that unite Protestants. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But okay. but 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 particularly, what convinced you that? Okay, I, I agree. I understand you. You're, you're not a Protestant. You think there's many uh, differences between Protestants, and you know, but. What convinced you that the role of the Pope is biblical? You you kind of pointed to Matthew 16 and said, well, this proves a position of a Pope. 
Was I correct in seeing that? Yeah. It's 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 that verse and the role of the Pope and the church throughout history. Does that make sense? Do you do you recall the Great Schism? Absolutely. Yeah. Basically, in 1048, I believe. Yeah. The Great Schism, I was like, this is one of the things that I was looking at. I was like, okay, it's either it's either the Pope is correct or or he's not. And uh, so and, which Pope uh, was correct during that time? Because you, uh, you had three. What was that? Because you had three popes during that time. Which which one would you say was correct? Three popes during that time? Yeah, the, during the Great Schism. You, you fam okay. familiar with that? Okay. I didn't know there was three popes during the... Yeah. I didn't know there was three... Yeah. three okay. <laughs> there was okay. three popes during that time, and they all anathematized each other. And so if, if the doctrine of, you know... Uh, the Pope is true, which he has this infallible authority when he um, speaks uh, infallibly. How can how can the, the the idea of the Pope be true, given what happened historically that they all anathematized each other? You know what I mean? Where okay, where's the historical evidence that they anathematize each other? Well, they all said that they were the true Pope, and that um, you can read about it in. I have a book. What is it? This is uh, 2,000 Years of Christ's Power uh, by Nick Needham. And he speaks about that, I believe, in this this section on the Middle Ages. And he talks about it here. So I, I will point right here. Other other church historians, uh, Justo Gonzalez, um, other you know church historians have brought out that. I mean, it's not even a questionable thing. Roman Catholics have, have, have admitted that it's happening. Happened. And so, yeah, that's definitely happened. And so... I'd be curious to know, given the your view of the Pope, um, how can that be? Okay. How can that happen? Well, I don't. I don't know where in history it says that the three popes at the time anathematize each other. I don't know how that's possible. A pope serves in its pontificate. Uh, a pope has his reign of pontificate for a certain amount of time, and. Uh, uh, but I, I, but the whole reason the great schism happened is because, is because uh, one the Eastern Orthodox they they do not believe that the Blessed Trinity is uh, is a union. They they do not believe that. If you look at if you look at Eastern Orthodox writings and understandings of of how they understand the Holy Spirit, they they don't. It it is it is not it is not the under it is not the biblical understanding and what the church. Uh, well, let's and what the church. Let's go. Let's, the, yeah, let's go prior to the Great Schism. You know, in the year four, the year four hundred. How was okay. how was someone to know that uh, you know having a pope and 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 things like that was what the church needed? How how was someone to know that prior to the first? Even if you say prior to the first disagreement of the church. You know, yeah. how were they to know the doctrine of the, uh, of the Pope was to was to uh, what they were to adhere to as a as the church? How how were they to know? Yeah. How would they to know? It, it would just be, it would just be. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to define this for you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, okay, um, okay, because. Because, um, what's it called? I can't put myself in that in their shoes at that time, because because uh, all all we can do is just uh, look at the look at the divine revelation from from history through through our lens. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't know how to answer this question, but uh, but uh, let me ask you this. Um, what do you think papal infallibility is? I understand that um, papal infallibility has to do with when the the Pope is speaking what ex cathedra, um, or I, I believe that's the proper uh, terminology from it for it. Um, when he's speaking um, from that position, what he is saying is infallible. Oddly enough, uh, there are many uh, Catholics uh, scholars who have believed that. Um, it's very rare that the Pope has sp spoken from this infallible position all the time, uh, or, or 
I, I, I think I count. I think someone said at most maybe seven times in history, but I, I think that's kind of a a strange thing that if a pope has the the power, this authority, this position to speak infallibility, fallible, why has it only been so few times? You know, so um, that's what I believe uh, it means for the papal infallibility, things like that. Okay, the way the way papal infallibility has uh the has been defined at least by uh as recently as pope Pius the ninth he defines it he defines this as uh as uh teaching authoritatively in christian faith and morals it makes the distinction between his his uh teaching office and him as a person right like like there's a distinction between you chris and officer chris Correct. Uh, I, I guess in some sense, sure. Yeah. I don't know if that make made sense. Yeah, but I, I I guess so. So, because I'm still trying to get out why uh, the Pope one is necessary or or biblical. I yeah. I haven't heard more really any argumentation for why the the Pope is needed biblically. What do you mean biblically? From the scriptures. Yes, but, but, uh, like, I'm trying to understand, um, I'm trying to understand what you mean, uh, what you mean, uh, if you can expound, if you can, if you can expound on biblically. Yeah, so I believe, so, so let me explain. I believe the Bible teaches very clear that Jesus is God. I can go to passages like John 1, uh, John 8, uh, to demonstrate the deity of Christ. So where can we go biblically to see the doctrine of of, uh, the Pope, papal infallibility, things like that? Okay. I would argue, I would argue the Bible is not for, is not for defining that. Does that make sense? Yeah. The Bible is just the story of salvation history and the old covenant and and the the new covenant that is to come and the fruits of the spirit and and the eschatology that that's what the Bible is like at its core that's what the Bible is it, it's does that make sense so so it seems like you're you're admitting well the Bible doesn't actually teach it that it doesn't teach it yeah Am I okay? Now I'll argue. Is it supposed to teach it? I would argue that the Bible has given us, uh, uh, as as the Apostle Paul said, you know, Scripture is given for all uh, correction, proof, exhortation. So the so the Bible has given the church everything necessary for for godly living, as 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 Peter says as well. And so if the if the yeah. if the church is going to be stated to believe something or to uh, teach something. Then I would argue that the uh, that God in His infinite wisdom has given that through divine revelation that is in inspired Theonostos Scripture, not through yeah. outside revelation. Because what if I say to you right now, I have a word from God, and He is telling you that you need to give me two hundred dollars? No, it's not in the Bible, but God is telling me this. Would you submit yeah. to that? Okay, say again. Like what what if I claimed a divine oral uh revelation from God outside of the scripture that stated God is telling me you Z need to give me two hundred dollars. Would you accept that? If if God was giving me an oral revelation yes. to give him two hundred dollars or to give you two hundred dollars? Correct. Well, if it was the voice of Jesus, I would. No, no, no. I'm saying I, it, it was it was given to me, and I said, "Oh, God told me to for you to tell me that." No, it's not in the Bible, Z. No, 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 no. I can't prove it biblically, but this is what the Bible. This is what God has told me. That that He told you to to give the two hundred dollars. Told told you to tell me to that he told you to tell me to give you two hundred dollars correct 
Okay. Would you do it? If it was if it was Jesus himself speaking to you, I probably would. All right, man. You, you heard the man himself, man. I want my you can cash cash me cash app. <laughs> you got PayPal. <laughs> Why would you do that though? Why? Why would I do it? Yeah, you know what I mean. False teachers out there saying that on TV right now. I know that. So why would you do it? Well, I would. I would. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. That doesn't sound like. That doesn't sound like Jesus. There we go. There we go. That, so you see now. That's what I'll tell you. You, you sound like you're arguing from sola scriptura now. From Sola Scriptura. Yeah. Well, I know who Jesus is because of because of his because of because of the Gospels. Yeah, because of, because of the Bible, right? But what I'm saying, or uh, I'll say this, I'll say this, as a as Catholics, we don't take the Bible away. We don't. Right. I understand that. We, we never we never do. We have biblical reasons to believe what we believe. We have we have well. We have, I asked for some, and I have. It sounds like you admitted that there isn't any for the papal authority and infallibility. Well, we have we have that verse that Jesus in Jesus Himself instituted. That He gave Him the keys to the kingdom. Go 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 check on Matthew eighteen. Do you recall Matthew eighteen where uh, He uh -huh. says, where Jesus where Jesus says, if your brother sins against you. If your brother sins against you, take it to the church. Uh-huh. Why do you interpret that as the Roman Catholic Church? What other church is it? Uh he didn't say one he didn't say one of the one of the churches. So so you think whenever someone sins, they need to go to the Roman Catholic Church it, itself? The church in Rome? Whenever whenever your brother sins against you? Yeah, you need to go to Rome. To Rome? Yeah. This here, this here, this here, obviously, Jesus is talking about the, the, the one church. Does that make sense? Yes. Because, because the Protestant understanding is only the immaterial church, which is, which is, it is that. That, it is that. that we we well the the Protestant understanding of the church is that you have the invisible church, those who are the true believers, and then you have the yeah. local church. So we, we we understand the distinction between that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but this is clearly referring to the local church. The local church? Yeah, absolutely. That are yeah. that are made up of different you know, elders who are to uh um yeah. shepherd the, the local body. Yeah, what's it called? Um, what's it called? Um, the 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 yeah the the local body and the invisible body are one, just like our body and soul are one. Correct. Uh, it it would depend what you mean one. Well, yes, because you have a body and you well, have a soul. Well, specifically in the church, uh, one in one sense, because in one sense, they're not one, because not everybody in the local church is a part of the invisible church. So in one sense, they're not one. But in a sense that the... the how? how I, well, I just explained how, because not everybody in the local church is a Christian. You think everybody who stepped foot in the door of a church is a Christian? Not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it doesn't prove that just because just you go to church, therefore you're a part of the invisible church. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That So in one sense, they're not one. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about the individuals here. I'm talking in the broad sense of, of the church. Does that make sense? The mystical body and the visible body. Yeah, that we're, we're, we're saying the same thing, but using different language. To describe it uh, yeah but this this is speaking here of the local church because 
in one sense, we don't know who is a part of the invisible church. There's no divine, uh, you know, E for elect on a person's back as they walk around, as Spurgeon said. But uh, that's why I believe this is the makeup of the local church, which, uh, you know, this is to be happening, uh, church discipline. Yeah. Okay. What's it called? Um, I believe it was uh, Pope Pius XII in an encyclical of his where he went, where he, where he specifically defined that the Catholic Church, the, the, the visible authority of the Catholic Church and uh, the mystical body of Christ are one and the same. You can't separate the two. Yeah, so let, let's talk about this because, um, you know, because, so what what is primarily your disagreement with Sola Scriptura? Why do you believe it's not to be accepted? I believe, okay. Okay. I accept I accept the scriptures. Know this. I accept the scriptures. Right. I wouldn't be a Christian if I didn't accept them. But uh but uh but the scriptures themselves the scriptures themselves tell you tell the scriptures themselves tell you that divine revelation is not found only in in the written word. Well, do you do you understand what the doctrine of sola scriptura is? Bible alone, faith alone. Well, well, that's sole fide. But uh, I guess I'm asking you: How would you? Because you define, you asked if I could define papal infallibility. Papal infallibility. Could you flesh out what Protestants mean when we say sola scriptura? Uh, from at as a Church of Christ, as a Church of Christ Christian. I, the way the way that I understood that, that the way that I understood that doctrine, that philosophy, is that divine revelation is only found in the written word. And, and you would say that is the uh, same understanding now as a learned Catholic that you believe that Protestants mean. What was that? And and as now as a learned Catholic, as you studied studied both sides, you would say, well, this is what Protestants mean when when they say that sola scriptura. Yeah. Okay. Well, because that's how I understood it. Okay. Well, I, I would argue that it has a little bit more to do with it than that. Um, okay. Let me let me define sola scriptura for you, if you if you don't mind. Oh. Uh, when when Christians say we believe in sola scriptura, what we mean is that the Bible is the sole infallible source of authority for the Christian faith and practice. Yeah. Meaning, there's no other infallible source of authority for the church to uh know what to believe and to practice how would you respond to that okay okay so you're saying that that only the bible is for not just uh not just divine revelation but but for practice and living i'm what, what i'm saying is the bible is the only infallible source that the church has been given no. yes exactly the only infallible source which can be authoritative, which we can bind someone's conscience to believe. Yes. Yes. So uh, as much as I love uh, the Westminster Confession, much as I love the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession, those things are not infallible sources. They are um, authoritative in one sense, but they're, they're, they're creeds, they're rules, um, but they're not an infallible source. If you understand what I mean, the Bible is yeah. the only source. So, the, the, a church is not an infallible source. A pastor cannot can cannot just guide you to tell you what what to to believe and do unless he's going to scripture yeah. to doing that. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's still just his biblical interpretation. It's still his own interpretation so do you at the end of the day that's still all it is do you do you do you affirm in the uh the doctrine of what's known as the prosper uh well i can't uh i can't can't remember the term right now uh but that the that, that the bible is clear on what we are to believe on many issues has put it like this has god spoken more clearly uh than the Roman Catholic Church has. 
Um, you got to think about that. <laughs> has God? Has God? Okay, say again. Has God? Because because the issue many times when I have this discussion with Roman Catholics, what they're saying is, well, we need an infallible source to interpret the infallible source, which is the Bible, right? Is that the position? Yeah. Yeah. So, why is it that you believe that the Roman Catholic Church has spoken more clearly in their in their uh, creeds, their doctrines, than the Bible itself? Because the because the scriptures came from the church. What? That's why. Well, I would disagree with that, but but let me let me lay this out. If the scriptures need an infallible source to be in, to uh to be interpreted, right? You following me? Yeah. So, if the scriptures need an infallible source in order to interpret it, why doesn't the ch- why doesn't the Roman Catholic Church need an infallible source to interpret it? Why why doesn't the church need a what? An infallible source to interpret it. Why why does why does the church why does the Catholic Church need a infallible source? Why doesn't the church need an infallible source to interpret it? Since the Bible needs one. Oh, because because the Catholic Church is guarded by the Spirit of God. But well that that not I don't think that answered the question because so is the Bible, you would say, right? The Bible is, is yeah. protected by the Spirit of God. So it seems like... Well, if that were, go ahead. If that was true, if, that was true if, if the Bible itself was protected by, by God's Spirit, then we, would not, we wouldn't have Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and all this nonsense. That, that's, wouldn't you agree? No, that's not true uh, because of the depravity of man. Um, because... It's not as if the Roman, because if the, because I'm going to use your same standard against you, because if all we had was the Roman Catholic Church, we still have various uh, fractions and sects of beliefs. The Roman Catholic Church doesn't stop those things either. Actually, that's actually not true, because the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church was the one that preserved the scriptures. Uh, Throughout the centuries, it was the Catholic Church that preserved the, the scriptures. Wait, but but I'm actually getting to something else, even though I don't believe that's true. You have various okay. kinds of Roman Catholics. So if your argument is, well, if sola scriptura is true, we would only see one one people unified in every single thing. Well, given your argument, if sola ecclesia is true, then we'd only see one type of Catholic. And that's not true. You have liberal Catholics, you have leftist Catholics, you have conservative Catholics, you have all various kinds of Catholics. I understand where you're coming from. There's no such thing as a liberal Catholic or a what else? Go, go to Boston College, go to all these universities uh, and tell me there aren't u- liberal Catholics. Yeah. Joe Biden. There's no such thing. Joe Biden is a liberal Catholic. No, Joe Biden is not a Catholic. It, he is no Catholic. I am telling you this right now. He is no Catholic. All right, I, I agree with you, but I'm saying he is no Catholic. If solo if, scripture, if solo, he's he he's he's not excommunicated from the church. Archbishop Viga, no, that's because that's because the church hierarchy is very corrupt. That's why. So sudden sound like Sola Ecclesia practically works either, according to you. Corruption can get in there. Yes. Exactly. This is not anything new, by the way. Remember the gospel. I agree. Where Jesus remember the gospels where Jesus goes into the Pharisees? And it, there's a whole passage where he calls them hypocrites. 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 Yep. This isn't anything new. None of this is new. Judas Remember Judas? Yeah. This is not anything new. Yeah. That's the point I'm making. I'm actually being, I'm trying to be fair to both systems of thought and not use double standards. But let me ask you, yeah. let me ask you this. You, do you actually believe that the church is an infallible source equal with the scriptures? They're one and the same. So, yes. They're, they're, they're one and the same. Her her theology understands the scriptures best because she she understands the Savior the best. You know there have been church there have been uh, previous 
popes accused of uh, of heresy, right? Yes. So how can yes. how can you make a statement like that? Do you know what a heresy is? Yes. What is a heresy? Heresy is something that is uh, unbiblical. It denies fundamental teachings of, of, of the Christian faith. Yes, and what is the root of that? What is the root of a heresy? How does a heresy come about? By denying what the Bible teaches. <laughs> so, so, so basically, you so basically you willfully choose to believe false falsehoods. Correct. Sure, but that I'm not sure that gets to the point I'm getting getting at. Yeah. the The point, the point, the point is is one one can choose to believe what's true and what's not true. But I thought that, I thought the Roman Catholic Church was then was the infallible guide and 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 guarded from things like that. It is, but but the will of people, the will people's wills, they. Some people just want to do wrong. That's that's everybody, buddy. <laughs> some, some people just want to do wrong. Okay, well let's let's talk about this issue because um, uh, I don't, I don't know the first two. We kind of really got to the heart of the matter. Maybe right here we will. What do you? How do you believe a man is justified? What is your What is your doctrine of the justification? He's justified by baptism. Okay. All right. So baptism justifies a man. Baptism, baptism and faith, like basically. So what happens if a man does not have faith? If someone doesn't have faith? Yes. Then he's not a Christian. Okay. And likewise, what happens if someone is not baptized? If one is not baptized? If one is not baptized, then if he hasn't been baptized, then he should be baptized. Hold on. What if he never gets baptized? What if he never gets baptized? Yes, he 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 he. Let's let's use a strange analogy. You know, he gets he he believes on Jesus and immediately he is crucified. What happens then? If he believes, yes. Like said the sinner's prayer. No, no he he believes. And he believes? He believes. If he believes, if he sincerely believes and wants wants to live the Christian life, he should seek to be baptized. But he just, how can he get baptized when he just got crucified? If he just got crucified? Yes. Are we talking about the thief on the cross? That's, exact, the that's exactly who we're talking about. <laughs> the thief on the cross? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. Well, you should have said the thief on the cross. <laughs> I thought I thought I was being jokingly facetious when I, you know, when I said I'll use a strange analogy here. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't get it. I'm not very good at this stuff. But yeah, the thief on the cross never got baptized. He believed, and the Lord said, you know, he'll be with him in paradise. Yeah. How can except, that? How, except, go ahead. Except we're not thieves on the cross. I would argue we are, but if 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 the rule is. How are we thieves on the cross? Because we are, we've broken God's law. We des- that's, we, we've broken God's laws. We deserve that punishment. Christ took it for us. But let me show you, I think the... Um, but he doesn't want to punish you. He, he doesn't want to punish you. Okay, well, he's, he punishes every uh, unrepentant sinner. But hold on, I want to get to the, the point of distinction right now. Because you said that yeah. justification is by faith and baptism. but And I said, what happens if someone doesn't have faith? You were very quick, boom, um, they'll go to hell, right? They, they, they're not a Christian. I agree with you. But then when I asked you about baptism, you were a little hesitant to say, well, they're not Christian. But you said justification is by baptism and faith. So you have to yeah. have both of those, right? Yeah. If you don't have both. You have none, right? You you don't have Christ, right? Yeah. So I just showed you a case where one only had because, one, and he was still saved. Because, because, uh, what's it called? Because baptism is a sign of faith. You got? Did you get baptized? Yes, I did. 
Yeah, and and you got baptized because you believe, right? Yes, but not to be justified. But not to be justified? Correct. Justification is apart from works. Why do you say it's apart from works? Because that's what Romans 3.28 says. That's a exact quote. Do you recall our conversation in that on Twitter? No, I don't. But I I, I just quoted scripture, and you seem to disagree with that part. Why do you say it's apart from works? I didn't. Well, I that's because what the Bible says. I, I didn't disagree, brother, because if you recall in that Twitter conversation, I told you vividly that that uh, St. Paul is talking about works of the law. Yes. The old the old covenant. Not 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 works of faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's it's a distinction without a difference because I showed you. Are we to um, y- you know, it's a distinction without a difference. But this works of law versus works of faith, because essentially are come being the same thing. And and I think I proved it on, on Twitter. I wish I knew the, the 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 fact of the point I used. Um, but even if you don't want to go there, even if you want, don't want to go there. Paul stated that he was glad that he didn't baptize many of the people in Corinth. Was Paul a false teacher for not wanting to do the very thing that would justify them? Was was Paul, say again? Was Paul a false teacher for not wanting to baptize people when that was the very thing they needed for justification? When that was the very thing that they needed? Yes. Okay. Let me find this and let me find where. Do you mind taking me to that verse? Yep. Hold on. Let me look it up there. Because I, uh, I think this is a a huge uh, point. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 14. 1 Corinthians 1. First Corinthians one verse fourteen. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Was Paul crucified for you, or was Paul baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I was I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name baptized in my name I did baptize also the household of Steph, Steph, uh, Stephanus beyond that I do not know whether I baptized anyone else for Christ did not send me to baptize but to proclaim the gospel and not with mm. eloquent wisdom. Okay. So I the gospel is apart from baptism. Mm. Okay. That's good news, bro. Okay. okay. So basically, so basically, here Paul is talking about. Okay. What is this? Thank God I was baptized. Baptize us to the household of Stephanas. Okay. Paul here is not talking about like the essence of salvation. If that makes sense. You don't think when he says for Christ did not send any baptized but to preach the gospel, he's not talking about salvation there? Well, salvation doesn't happen on earth. Yes, it does. Salvation happens in the day of judgment. It's it's both. Why do you say that? Because of Romans five one. Five one. Yes. Okay. Five one. Justified by faith. Yeah, this is a past tense phrase here. Therefore, being having been justified by faith, this 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 is a this is something that has happened for the believer. 
Ephesians two yeah. eight talks about having having being saved. We're saved by grace. This, these are past tense, past tense phrases that has happened to the believer. Yes, correct. Yes, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that's talking about eternal, like an eternal lock for salvation. Sure, it is. Eternal life is eternal. What? Yes. That that doesn't make any sense. Sure, it does. Biblically, it because, does. Because here, okay. That's why salvation's apart from works. <laughs> that's, that's the glory of it. It's based on Jesus' work. That salvation is apart from works? Yes. It's based on the work of Jesus. So, so, crap. Okay. So you don't believe, so you don't believe you have to, you don't believe you have to love your neighbor. Like Christ says, like Christ commands you to. What, as a Christian, what do you think I would say? Of course not. You don't have to love your neighbor. You can just hate everybody. Of course I'm not going to say that. <laughs> of course we are to love our neighbor. But the, the reason is, is the loving our neighbor just making me more justified? Is it making me more righteous? No. It is. No. It is. No, 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 no. Let me show you why. Let's 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 do a little quick Bible study, my friend. Ro it is. Rome Go to John. No, 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 no. no. Uh, real quick. Romans 4. Okay, Romans 4. Romans 4. Let me sh okay. let me show you. You there? I'm over here. All right. Romans 1. Four, Romans 4 verse 1. What then shall we say? was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed. Listen to this. Abraham believed, yes. and it was counted to him as righteousness. Yes. Just the belief. Now, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, and to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those lawless deeds. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. My friend, this is the gospel. And this is what you have to believe. Again, again, St. Paul is talking about the saint. He's expounding. He's expounding on just before here earlier on Romans 2. Or is it Romans? Yeah, Romans 2. Right here in the Jews and the old law. He's ex he's all he's doing is expounding on that. This here isn't salvation. You don't think justification is about salvation? It is. It is about salvation. It's just... It's you just, just contradicted your, yourself. It's just your eternal salvation. It does not happen on earth. So it no, happens when the Lord himself judges you. No one... So, so no one is justified. So no one is justified? Yes. You said... Ju You're justified by faith. Amen. But you said this doesn't happen now, it happens in the future. But Paul uses past tense past tense phrases to say just ju you were justified. How can he say you were justified if justification is future? How, okay, say again. How can Paul say well you stated that Paul's you stated that the Bible teaches justification is future, salvation is future. But Paul uses past tense phrases to speak of justification in the past. Yeah. And then if you go down here on um, Philippians, I where does it say? I don't know where, but he says, he says to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. I, I, I gave you this verse in, in Twitter. Yep. So see, you can't, you can't claim, you can't claim that salvation happens here on earth by being justified by faith alone. And then, uh, and then uh, you have verses like Saint Paul. You have verses like Saint Paul 
talking in this manner too. Let you make the scriptures contradict themselves. No, no. Let me show you where the contradiction is. Not it's not in what I'm speaking, but rather what are you speaking? Because the the verse you interpret the verse to me work for your salvation. That's not what it's saying. The Bible is saying work it out. You have been saved. Now go produce these fruits of righteousness, of of, of sanctification. There's no contradiction between living holy and justification by faith. There's no contradiction in that. There's no there's no contradiction in saying, hey, you are a Christian. Jesus died for your sins. Now live righteously. And also, yeah. and also saying that you are not justified by those righteous works you do. There's no contradiction in those those uh those truths. And that's what Paul is saying in both of those passages. He's not saying, hey, man, you're not justified. You need to go get more justification. So you better go work for it. That's not what he's saying. That's not what's the context of Philippians one. This is the same. Is, is that Philippians one? OK, uh, yes. Philippians one. I believe verse eight or verse six. Okay. Um, but but the, the same apostle who said you're not justified by works. That's the same apostle. Yes. But I don't know how many times I have to say that he's talking about works of the law, the old law. He's talking about the yes. Uh, uh, OK, I agree in some sense. But it still doesn't. <laughs> what do you mean? In some sense, that's what he's saying. Any works, because that's what he's saying. Any any work is not going to justify I'm you. Scripture. You'll, well, no. Well, you're you're giving your interpretation of the text because interpretation doesn't say that. Yeah. See, and are you starting to see the flaw in uh in uh sola scriptura? No. No. Just because someone interprets a passage rightly is not a condemnation upon the scriptures. It's a condemnation on that person. Even yeah, even correct. even Peter said people will twist the scriptures to their own destruction. Yes. That's not an yes. argument against sola scriptura. Yes, it's not. Saint Peter Saint Peter said that. Saint Peter said that, talking about Saint Paul himself, how he's hard to understand. Right, but because guess what, Saint Paul. But notice, but, notice, he said, un, you know, unskilled you know and untrained men twist them. So guess what? You have to train, train people <laughs> to know the word of God, to know context. Correct. Correct. And and do you notice? But, but notice, notice, but, notice Paul but notice, Peter. Notice Peter didn't give the the answer that you would give. He didn't say, "Now what we need is a pope, so we don't know." So we know now what the word of God means. He doesn't, he does that's not the answer he gives. Okay. What's it called? Um, if you notice how St. Paul writes, St. Paul writes very, very, he writes on a very deep level. He, he's, he's, he's not only a scholar, but he's, he's writing as someone who is in love with Christ. This this is what it is. You go to First John. He says God is love. The cross. This here is proof of love. Saint Paul is able to expound on this love of God because he is in love with Christ. Only someone in love with Christ can expound on his word, or his love, or his love, uh, or his or his love for us and his creation on this. On this deep and intimate level, the First Vatican Council explains this pretty well. If you want to go over there, go ahead, man. And, and that kind of brings me to another related point. While you're looking for that, um, it, it was the Vatican. Uh, I believe at the council. I believe it was at the Council of Trent where it said that if any man believes they're justified by faith, he's an anathema. If he's justified by faith alone, he's an anathema. If anybody believes that they're saved by grace alone, they're an anathema. But the Bible clearly teaches that we are justified by grace alone through faith alone. Where does it say that in anathema? I mean, where does it say that in uh, Trent? Yeah. I haven't really read Trent like let, that. Let me look at it.
Let me look for it. I know I know it's there. Uh, yeah, because it calls because it's you know a reaction to yeah the Council of Trent on their decree of justification, uh, Canon Ten. He said, if any anyone says that the sinner is justified by faith alone, meaning that nothing, l listen to their words. Uh, if anyone says that the sinner yeah. is justified by faith alone, meaning that no nothing else is required to cooperate in order to obtain the grace of justification, and that it is not in any way necessary that he be prepared and disposed by the action of his own will, let him be an anathema. So it's like, if you say there's no other works required to be justified, they're saying you're accursed. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, that sounds about right. Sounds like Paul's accursed. They just accursed apostles. Paul, listen to this. Paul, in Galatians, Paul condemned and anathematized the, um, the Judaizers by adding one thing to the gospel. Rome has added added thousands of things to the gospel. What what have they added? They, they added circumcision. Rome has added baptism, married dogmas, um, you know, confession, uh, papal infallibility. The they've added a whole bunch of things. Those, okay, those are not a part of the gospel. So one does not have to believe in all the things I just mentioned to be saved. To be saved? Yeah. You just you just said baptism was necessary. It is because the scriptures say it's Does necessary. one have to believe in the Pope to be saved? Like his his the, the church's authority? Not like what I'm saying well, I'm not saying like put their faith in the Pope. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like the doctrine yeah. the doctrine of the Pope. Like the the, the yeah. and the authority of the Roman Catholic Church, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there's two. Well, okay. I don't know why you make this separate distinction between between uh, these other dogmas with the uh, with um, salvation. S salvation is something we do. No, it's not. That, sa salvation is something we do. No, it's not. So you don't believe we should bear fruit. That's like not. Jesus that's not the same thing as what you just said. You notice the notice the distinction. Salvation is a gift from God. It it's is something He does. It is on our behalf. It's not something I we agree. go out and accomplish. I agree. Bearing fruit is your sanctification, not your justification. You can't confuse I the agree. two because if you confuse the two, you ha you'll, you'll create a different gospel. I agree. But Rome has done that. Notice, notice what notice notice you said. You don't believe, so, right, salvation is something we do. Then then you conflated that question with, so you don't believe we should bear fruit? They're not even in the same category, justification and, and sanctification. You have to get this right, my man. The, the gift of salvation, the gift of salvation is a gift. The point I'm trying to make is, the point I'm trying to make is, is we can fall from grace. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to make. Jesus will lose none of his sheep. He won't. Amen. I agree. Sounds like eternal security to me. I agree. So we agree. Can't lose your salvation. So. Okay. So he will lose some of his sheep. Okay. Okay. So um crap. What the okay. Oh, why am I in low battery? Okay. So basically so basically you you just what's it called? So basically Okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to understand your way of thinking. I'm trying to dive into your mind. That's 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 nice. Okay. In the mind of a <clears throat> Protestant. 
Um, I, I think I, I think I think I, I think I understand where you're trying to uh, you're you're trying to struggle through what I, what in my theology. Let me so let me explain it. Okay. Because right, you have to have a full or view of this theology. I believe salvation is by grace alone. By 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 grace alone through faith alone. It's not by any works yeah. that I do, and I believe I'll, a true Christian will never lose their salvation. And I also believe, so I don't believe everyone who adheres to that um, has actually been saved. So, you know, you'll, you'll have people that Protestants who may say, yes, yeah, grace alone, faith alone. And then they're clubbing every week, having sex with their boyfriend and all this. That, yep. that person is not saved. That person has that not. Person has to repent. Exactly. That person has not um, experienced justification because their sanctification is not bearing, they have not bear, bore fruit. Mm-hmm. So the marking of a true Christian is that they bear fruit. Not that those bearing of fruit saves them. Yeah. So it's not as if, well, if they stop going to the club, now they're saved. That, no, that's not the issue. You need to be justified. Mm-hmm. Yes. Justification leads to sanctification. Yes. So you, in other words, it's what Jesus says. You'll know them by their fruits. Not that they're saved. Yes. Not that they're saved by their fruits. As, as, yes. You know, and so, and we Catholics believe this. I don't know about that. I don't think so. Yes, I just I just read where uh, the Council of Trent said if anyone believes what I just said, they're an anathema. I I'm I'm stating the Protestant position, and you're agreeing with it. Rome does not. That's okay. That's the issue. Okay. I'm thankful for your Protestant belief and profession now. <laughs> okay. What you what you think okay, I think I understand your, your your way of thinking. You think you think that the works you do of faith don't save you. Yeah, that's that's exactly what the Bible teaches. Because because okay, because you want to do them like you, you want to do right and witness you want and to witness to Christ because what because as a Christian that's what you're called to do to witness yep and uh, but you just don't think they save you correct whereas what I at, whereas how I see how I see my witness to Christ I, I see that as uh, I glorify I want to glorify him not not because I'm trying to work for my salvation let, does that make sense let, let me ask you a question because... I, I do I witness to Christ. I wit the way I witness to Christ is because I want to glorify my Lord and my God, and, and not, not because. And I would say the same thing. But let me ask you this: because you you make this distinction of saying the works of faith, the works of faith is what saves us, right? That in faith, right? Yeah. How how? Let me ask you this: how good must your works be in order to be justified? How good? How good must your works be? Yeah, like, um, so I'm under the uh, impression of, of what the Bible teaches is that God only accepts perfection. Right? I mean, this is very clear from the Old Testament sacrifices. He only he wanted a perfect sacrifice, right? Yep. So if salvation is based on your faith and the works of faith and the, and the fruit of what your works of faith produce, right? How good must they be? How perfect? I mean, would you would you say that your works of faith are perfect? Would I say that they're Would I say that they're perfect? Yes. I don't know if I say that they're perfect, but I I definitely do my best. So then, according to your mission, God is not going to accept it. Unless it's perfect. That he's not going to accept it? Yes. God only accepts perfection. You just said it. Yes. There's the dilemma you're in, my friend. You need the perfect substitution of, of, of Christ's work alone for salvation. Nothing else, my friend. That's it. That's it. And And... Once you have have believed in him, you will produce good works. Those those works don't contribute to your justification. 
but yeah. but uh but Z, I, um I hope you consider the things that we've talked about i'm gonna have to wrap it up here uh lord willing we can have a part two man sometime if you're interested in doing that i uh yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm thankful that you uh, you listened, you you show great respect, and I hope you feel like I've done, this, done the same to you. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. man, Yeah, man, cordial conversation. I, I appreciate that, though we had our, our differences, that um, we were able to sit down like men and talk. And so I just want to uh, thank you uh, for being mature enough and um, humble enough to do that today. Yeah, I, I would, man. I would love to do another, another. Uh, I, I'd love to be a frequent okay. guest. All right. If 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 you permit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, like, if, if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so those in the uh, that are watching this right now, let let me know. Put it in the comment section if you love to see Z on again. If you guys would love to see this conversation develop and um and mature into something bigger and better, because uh, yeah, I, I'd definitely be open to. Um, and so just like I said, thank you for, 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 um, coming on, uh, and, and having this conversation. Thank, thank those for, for, uh, listening and watching, uh, for doing so. Um, and tell, tell, like I said, drop in the comments, your reactions, let us know what you think about this conversation. And should this be happening more, uh, in this time and age where people are kind of throwing bombs at each other, but not actually talking about talking to each other. And so, Z man, that to to that you have a lot of respect for even doing that, man. So I appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check on your what's your YouTube account so I can check the. Yeah, yeah, it's uh K Dub True K D U B T R U. Oh, just like just like here on yeah Skype? yeah yeah just like that. Okay. All right, so okay. so uh, till the next time, guys. Hey, grace and peace. Hey,